side of pinto beans. Yeah. And it was like, I feel like they must have ran out of pinto beans and they went to the store and just bought like Heinz oh. baked beans. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, this is just baked beans. <laughs> like, this is not what you guys do, you know? Yeah. So that was really weird. And I was just kind of like, uh. and I also felt bad because, you know, when you hype up a place to your friends, like, this is the best And place then ever. it doesn't deliver. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, this sucks because like the service was hella slow and then like the food wasn't that good and i was like okay i really fucked this up you know dude well i haven't posted it because i'm so behind on my decencies because i'm just really honestly crippled with self-loathing which makes me not want to edit anything that involves me talking or expressing my feelings understandable which most of my feelings currently are negative and like that's (laughs) who wants to listen to that (laughs) apparently like 12 people who subscribe um but um I went out last Sunday with my friend Brianna Mm. and met her at Little O's. She had ordered a pizza. Mm. So I sit down next to her at the bar and there's two bartenders. They have like 16 seats at the bar. It's not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. She sets a plate in front of me and then just like walks away. Mm. Doesn't like offer me, do you want First of all, you're a brewery, so yeah. do you want a beer, but do you want a water? It's yeah. 110 degrees out. Yeah. Um, it's just like, so she acknowledges my presence by putting a plate in front of me so I can have some pizza, but like doesn't offer me anything. Mm. And I almost always carry a giant water bottle with me. Yeah. And I did not have one this time because I was like, you can make a 10 minute drive without drinking water. You can. <laughs> and of course... There were traffic, there's traffic and like freeway closures. So it took 20 minutes. Yeah. And at that point I'm just parched because I'm yeah. always thirsty. And so I was even more mad about the fact that like, you're not going to offer me something to drink. Yeah. It's just a glass, at least a glass of water. Yeah. Or just like for me, I automatically put water in front of people and then yeah. I ask them, do you need some time to decide on a drink? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that didn't happen. So like 10 minutes later, someone else comes by and says, can I get you something um, and I said, I would love a water and a Diet Coke. Mm. And he brings it to me. Now, we were there for a total of like an hour and a half. Mm. Do you think that they ever refilled my water or Diet Coke? Or, uh, I'm guessing no. <laughs> or asked me if I wanted anything else or put a menu in front of me? Jesus. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And I'm like, first of all, I, I don't have kids. So if I hang out and bullshit, I know I'm a cheap bar customer because I don't drink. Right. If I hang out and talk to my friend for two hours and you keep my Diet Coke full, I'm going to tip you 20 bucks. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because most of the time they don't even ring in a soda. Right. I'm going to leave you a 20. You know what I mean? You kept yeah. my, I, I took a seat at your bar. I appreciate you. I, I have disposable income because they don't have children. So yeah. like, let's <laughs> fucking pop off. Um, no. Or like, and then when we're tabbing out, like, you know, they asked my friend once during the hour and a half that I was there with her, if she would like another beer, but they like walked right past me, like, and just look like almost put a blinder onto me and said another wow. beer. She's like, yeah. And they got her another beer. Never. And I'm like, there's two of you for 16 seats. Oh my God. And like the restaurant had some people in it, but like not enough that they couldn't keep up. Yeah. No one was running around with their head cut off. I would understand. I know what it's like to be weeded. But mm. I also know that if someone's standing right in front of your service well, all, you don't even have to take their cup anywhere. You just take the gun and fill their cup. Yeah. And um, so we're tabbing out, and my friends, I, I go, yeah, well, they never even asked me if I wanted anything to eat or I wanted a menu. And she's like, 
did you want something to eat? And I go, yeah, but not from here now. Like, right, yeah. we're done. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll, I'm going to give you a ride home and I'm going to go to the grocery store where there's always someone to ring up my groceries. Mm-hmm. Like, well, usually it's you these days. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> not at na- Nature's Grocers is the best. Oh, is that the one that used to be a Fresh and Easy? It was a Fresh and Easy and yeah. now it's a Nature's Grocers. How is that place? I've never been I there. love it. There's a lot mm. of, like, hippie shit that is cheaper there than at other stores. Mm. Some of their stuff can be a little pricey, but what's nice about it is everything in the store I'm pretty sure, like, their deal is there's no, like, GMOs. Mm. There's no, like, everything is, like, organic, whatever. So you don't have to read labels. Yeah. Because, like, you can walk in there and you can just know that the beef is going to be organic grass-fed beef. Right. You can know, like, and so it, I don't buy produce there, but, like, body care products, pre-made food. Mm. I love it there. And the staff is really nice and they let me bring my dog in. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then I told my friend, like, cause I dropped her off first. She's going through a divorce. So she's like mm. out, out in those oh, streets. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you should have come with me to nature's grocers because like all the fucking keto gym daddies are like stocking up on oh, bison or whatever shit. it is. They yeah. eat. <laughs> I was like, this is hawuga humana humana humana. <laughs> I had no idea Nature's Grocers on a Sunday night is, like, the place to be. Right. right. Um, but, yeah, I just, the service everywhere is so fucking terrible. I cannot believe yeah, it. Yeah, it really has gone downhill everywhere. I don't like, understand why. I don't know, but that explains why I make so much money as a bartender, because I just keep people's drinks full. Yeah. That's all. Seems no. pretty standard. <laughs> I, I act like they're there to spend money. Cause, and that's that was my main thing that made me so mad is, like, and my boyfriend, you know, he's in the industry and he gets service industry rage worse than I do. Mm. Um, and I, I was telling him, I go, why they like act like I'm here to spend money? Yeah. Like you have to look at my fucking face no matter what. Why don't you look at my face and make some money? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing is you like, I don't like, first of all, I'm nice to people and I care about people and I treat them like guests because they are. And so from that perspective, I want to make sure people are happy and comfortable whether or not they're spending money. Yeah. But also, generally, people come to a place because they want to spend some money. Yeah. Like, they probably, like, if you're a place that sells food and beverage, they probably want to buy some food and beverage. Yeah, they want to eat and drink. Why don't you fucking sell it to them? Uh, You would think that. Yeah, I had a very similar experience today at Richardson's. uh, Just awful, terrible, slow service. We never got any refills on anything. I had uh, one mimosa. Would have liked two. Yeah. Would have preferred to. We were there for a, about two hours. And so. you only had one mimosa? That's correct. Bro, yeah. <laughs> you know that if you were at my bar, you would have had seven. I know. I would. I mean, you know, honestly, I I would have been like, uh, if I would have been too drunk to drive home, I would have gladly taken an Uber back home and, and, and felt like I'd been fulfilled. Yeah. But I fulfilled my mission. Yeah. Sunday brunch. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the food was not right. The potatoes were undercooked. And uh, it was just, it was, it's crazy in there, man. But, you know, it's like, this is what I was just saying. I don't, are we recording right now? Or? Yeah, I okay. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like there's so many ways in which capitalism goes wrong. You know, yeah. it just makes things terrible. And it's like, if you have a place that's like, here's a little restaurant, because Richardson's is not very big. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty small, pretty limited capacity. They make really good food, and they're open for brunch. So, of course, people want to go there. Yeah. But then it reaches a point where it's like, it can't, it, you know, there's no way the staff, the kitchen staff, the wait staff can sustain the level, the crush of people that are coming yep. in there. And then things start to fail. 
And I just wonder, like, what's what's the solution to that? How do you get a? I don't know. Like, how do you get around that? I don't. Well, you know, we started having that problem at my bar like a year and a half ago, because we're one room. I think our occupancy is like a hundred and twenty-eight people. Yeah. Um, and uh, it reaches a point where it's not a matter because the owner will be like, "Well, what do we? What we need to do is we need to add more bartenders. We need to add more servers." And I'm like. It's one room. Yeah. The most people you should ever have behind that bar is two. Right. Like, that's the most. And then, you know, we have our food runner who can do bar backing. And the most servers you should ever have on the floor is three. Because at a certain point, it's not a matter of needing more bodies. It's that we don't have room. When every hmm. single seat has a butt in it and the aisles are full of people standing, it's not – you have to cut people off at the door. Like, you yeah. just have to. Yeah. And it sucks, but it's just – because you, there's only so much you can do. And the thing is, people will go, oh, I can... Like, I had... I know this girl, all of her friends who I'm friends with stopped being friends with her because they went to a restaurant and the restaurant said, all right, it's going to be about a 35-minute wait. And she said, there's an open table over there. Can we have that table? And the host said, I'm sorry, unfortunately we don't have enough wait staff and kitchen staff to mm. fill the restaurant. So they, they were doing the smart thing, oh, which is yeah. saying, sorry, we're on a wait because we might have a place for you to sit down, but we don't have someone to bring you food. Right. So if we sit you at that table, it's going to be 20 minutes till we get a drink order. It's going to be 40 minutes to get your food. So they were controlling it so that right. the guests that were in it had a good experience. And then if you walk in, you can say, oh, I either I'm willing to wait for 35 minutes or I'm going to go somewhere else. Simple. Hmm. Just same thing. I worked at that counter service brunch place and we technically could keep the line moving and keep taking orders, but there's no point in taking more orders if there aren't open tables. If the people who already have food aren't done eating, why am I going to ring in your food order? Yeah. When it comes up, there's nowhere for you to sit down and eat it. So we would, you know, say, right. hey, sorry, we're going to hold the line for about 10 minutes. Just, you know, let mm. kitchen catch up, dining room catch up. Um, because otherwise, yeah, if you just keep letting people come in, you're not going to be able, the infrastructure isn't going to support it. And then it just sucks for everyone. Yeah. It sucks for the customers. It sucks for the employees. Um, and my joke at my bar, because we bought the lot behind it and are building another bar. Um, it's just been a long drawn out process. I'm always like, we're going to need a bigger bar. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we have those days where it's just, we are too busy for what we are. I'm just like, we need, we're going to need a bigger bar. <laughs> um, yeah. Richardson's is actually smaller than your bar. I, I don't know if you've ever yeah. been there, but yeah, it's, it's tiny. They do have a patio too, but I mean, overall it's about the size of your bar. I yeah. think, including the patio. So it's small, but I mean, it's just always, I always make a reservation. I don't just show up and wait That's because smart. it's impossible. Like, so I always make a reservation and then you go there, but it's like, it's, I've never had a great experience with the service there. The food has always been top notch, but the service is just getting worse and worse and worse. And now I'm at this point where I'm just like, I'm just not going to come back here because well, it's, no, yeah. it's too stressful. Yeah. And the <laughs> weird thing is, is the owner, um, I think his name is Dick Richardson. I want to say that's, that, but that doesn't make sense. Yeah, because well, Dick's Hideaway was his other place. Yeah, has, but then yeah. his name would be Richard Richardson. Could happen. <laughs> I can't remember. But my my boyfriend. I'm gonna worked, get your coffee. Okay, my boyfriend worked for him for years, oh, and really? he is very that the owner is very specific on everything being done perfect, and he is hard on employees. 
Like, and so it's crazy to hear that their service is going downhill because they've just kind of been known for expecting perfection out of their employees. But I guess in this day and age where no one's good at their job anymore, oh, the classy, classy lady, lady. Mom. Do you need any sugar? No, I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Well, then you won't get any. I won't. I'm going to refill my water, too. Um, I'm pretty unprepared for this podcast. No, that's okay. I am unprepared, too, because we don't even have a topic. There's things I wanted to research. I just didn't have time. I, th- I thought about doing – I'm, I'm averaging, like, one day off a week, um, and I, it's just my brain's a little bit – too much. I technically have five jobs now. Yeah, so what all are you doing now? You're teaching Pilates still, right? At, uh, how, many, at how many places do you? Three. Wow. Are they all owned by the same? No. Okay. So two of them are owned by the same owners. The other one I'm just like onboarding at. It's a studio I really like. They're an independent studio. I like love their vibes. Mm. Um, I'll blow up my spot. They're called Tricor. Okay. And it's very cool. They do like... Uh, high intensity interval training classes. Mm. They do Pilates. Um, and I've been taking both there and I really love it. It's very like challenging, but it's like you get all types of people there and I just love it. You get fat people, people of color, like diversity that I don't deal with. Um, and they rather than what they do at club Pilates, which is keep everything very, very safe and very structured and Mm. very regimented. This place is like, no, we're going to challenge you. And yeah. it's we're going to challenge you within a safe realm. And if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Yeah. But like you you can. It's there for you. It's yeah. that you know what I mean? Um and so I just and because it's independent and not structured, like the classes are more interesting and challenging and I love a diverse, you know, place. So I've been taking classes there and I'm going to start teaching privates there. Oh, okay. So I've been like going in and learning the computer system and stuff. And I'm trying to get a group together um, to do a Sunday afternoon. So not open to the mm. public, but just specifically to my friends because oh. I've had friends wanting to set this up. And then, of course, when I quoted them the price, I kind of got crickets back because mm. um, people will spend. The thing is, it's, it's, thir- it's going to be 35 bucks a person. It's not bad at all. I don't think so. Um, I mean, that's how much a group is anywhere, let alone it's going to be with me, your yeah. friend, you know. You're going to be with all your friends. Um, plus, it's me, and so and there's no other classes going on, so we can run late. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it'll be fine. You'll probably end up getting an hour and a half for mm. 35. But, um, and, you know, but the thing is, people will not be shy about dropping that at a restaurant or a bar. But oh, definitely not. No. When, well, yeah. when you say for a workout, they go, oh, that's expensive. Yeah. And you're like, it should, <laughs> it should actually like you, it's, sh- you should probably want to spend money on taking care of your body more so than breaking it down. Than but, polluting it. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> but anyway, so I'm doing that and then I have the bar and then I, I've been working for a catering company. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I'm deeply, deeply depressed and I think part like hmm. a part of it is I've accepted that I am not going to adjust to this split shift bullshit. Yeah, it's very hard. I would love to have just one job hmm. because the amount of time I spend about eight hours a week commuting, which yeah. is more time than I would want to spend commuting. I, I like driving, but like I like driving to like 
a lake to kayak. (laughs) 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 Um, Generally, if I spent a lot of time in my car, like there was one day last month, I was in my car just in one day, like almost five hours and I didn't go anywhere. I just went from one end of the valley to the other, to the other, to back. It was, and I was like, yeah, usually if I spend five hours in my car, I'm like on vacation. I'm somewhere nice. Instead, I'm just in Glendale. Um, and so I've accepted like the split shift thing. I am not going to get used to. It is bullshit. And it's just, it's fucking me up, man. Like mm. it just is like getting up at three 30 in the morning. And I don't ever want to do that ever. No. Um, no. and I don't like driving to work when it's still dark out. Yeah. And the fact that several days a week I leave for work when it's still dark out and I get home when it's dark out because like my day is split mm. and then and you know i'm not productive in the five hour my five hour break because i'm like well i got a nap i'll fold some laundry yeah i'll work on lesson prep like it's not so it's just work is kind of dominating my mind in a way that i don't want it to and the way i have to think about okay i need to get for the catering company i've got to like you know get my shirts ironed and put in the garment bag or like, okay, I got to get my lesson plans ready for this studio. I've got to do this, this and that. And it's just like, I'm not getting paid for any of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? I, I, I used to have a manager who would say, you know, if I've already dirtied a shirt, Mm. like meaning like if I'm here to work, I'm just going to stay at work. Like if it's like, Hey man, do you mind staying late today? It's like, yeah, I've already dirtied a shirt. Yeah. And for me, I'm like dirtying too many shirts because I'm technically working like eight shifts a week. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't, wow. I don't love it. I don't love it. So it's, it's, and it's, so it's, it's kind, of, it's like screwing up my mental capacity to be able to go. I'm gonna dive deep and research what Trank is, which is like a new drug thing. Because mm. um, I'm just like, I have two brain cells. I'm just gonna watch YouTube of people at beaches pretend that I'm there. Yeah, I don't blame you. I do a lot of that myself. Um, <laughs> a lot of YouTube escapism. Yeah. <laughs> it's You know, it's so funny because um, you and I are big, like, YouTube fans. I have a I had a customer who said before the pandemic when they would be out camping and they would see people videoing themselves, mm. they would think, what losers, like, just live in the moment. <laughs> and then during 2020, he was like, I am so thankful for those people. <laughs> Yeah. Like, because, like, if you are unable to get away, being able to live vicariously through someone, we are nowhere near a beach. <laughs> yeah. Like, we are nowhere near any substantial body of water. And so the fact that, like, I can spend eight hours, like, watching videos about shipwrecks in the Great Lakes is mm. very mm-hmm. good for me. <laughs> well, it's really, you know what I like about it is it's, a uh, especially for someone like me that has to travel for work a lot. And granted, I mean, all my travels are domestic. I don't, you know, I'm not going to Europe or anything, but, and I'm usually going to places like Jackson, Tennessee. I mean, like, like Cary, North Carolina. These aren't like exciting places anyway. But what's nice about watching those kind of videos on YouTube, I watch a lot of those like walking videos where it's just somebody with a camera, like walking through Athens or like walking through Paris or walking along um, a beach in San Diego or something. I watch a lot of that. And it's, it's like a clean form of travel where I don't have to get on a plane. I don't have to go through TSA. I don't have to, I don't have to leave my couch Yeah. and I can just watch this. And I was thinking about escapism recently because we have so many, and you and I have talked about this before, about there's just a glut of media in our world now. There's so many shows and so many different streaming services. And every time I talk to my sister or my dad, it's always like, oh, have you watched the new show on, uh, on Peacock or the new 
movie that's on wallpaper or you know yeah. or the new series that's on shipwreck i'm like i don't even know what these things are that you're talking about and um and i watch very few shows other than i watch kind of the same stuff over and over again which is like family guy you know and um but youtube is like that's my escapism like rather than get involved in character like i have to get I get emotionally invested in a whole new show you know i can just watch somebody walk along a beach in Oceanside, California or something, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I wish I was there right now. Like, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and part of it is like, how do I say this? Like, yeah, I don't really need to be emotionally invested in more because I yeah. feel like we're exposed to so much, especially news-wise, mm. that we're, emo- we're already emotionally invested in more than we should be probably. Yes. And so the idea that I'm going to watch a show and get emotionally invested in like fictitious people's lives is very difficult. Um, But also I admittedly, I think, you know, I have a history of saying like that things are okay when they're not okay. (laughs) So this is like a new thing. I'm 39 that I'm like, no, I'm like deeply, deeply unhappy. Mm. And I'm not, like, even going to deny it. I am deeply unhappy about most aspects of my life currently. And so, for me, it is, like, I don't need to see some sort of superhero stupendous life. Mm. I want to see kind of parallel versions of my reality. Like, Mm. oh, what would it be like if I lived in this small town yeah, or like, you know, I want to move to central Florida. And so I love watching these videos where people explain, okay, it's Saturday. So we have to get to this state park this Mm. much time before it opens. So we can get a spot to kayak. You park here. This is where you load your kayak in the water. Like that sort Mm. of thing. Because honestly, like that's what I want to be doing. Yeah. And it's not an option for me right now. Kind of like people who are disabled or mm. I'm just financially and geographically disabled. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people, like a lot of Americans. <laughs> like a lot of people. And so I just like, I had last night off work and like I got off work at five and I was like, not really tired, but I was like, I can't think of anything that I want to go do do Hmm. just because of where I live there's not really anything I'm interested in doing and so I like watching just kind of ordinary stuff just in different locations like oh okay if you live here this is what you could do on a Friday night yeah um and and so then it gives me kind of hope like okay well I can move my life somewhere where there are things that just ordinary shit like or because Phoenix is a city where there's really not much to do other than go out to eat and drink yeah but i feel like honestly that's every city every american city or every western city is kind of designed to be just that i guess so i the it's a consumption-based society because it's so hot the hiking is kind of off out of bounds Mm. for much of the year our bodies we do have bodies of water they're kind of a schlep to get to and they're not that great to be honest with you like i thought about going to tempe beach park last night because Mm. i just wanted to fucking look at some water to be i just wanted to fucking look at some water but tempe beach park for those who are not local it's a reservoir that they like put cement around so you can like rollerblade (laughs) but it's it's not even a a natural body of water it's a it's a it's a brown reservoir Uh, that you can roller skate around. It often smells bad. And it smells not great. And um, 
But so that was kind of like my only option where I was like, well, I guess if I want, I, that's, that's the closest thing that I could think of to go do. Um, and so, yeah, and I think maybe you are right with most cities. I guess there's cities, though, like, um, you know, there's the Denvers of the world where it's all hiking and skiing. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, in my fantasy of moving to Florida, it's going to be like, I can go sit at the beach and I can watch people boat and I can watch mm. people surf. Like, just the idea of sitting and watching people surf. I would be so happy. Remember when we were in Huntington Beach and we like saw the the surfers off yeah. the pier, and you're yeah. just like, "Yeah, this is cool." Yeah, like I can mm. just I can just fucking look at this, and my soul is at peace. Yeah, I can't really think of much here that I could look at, and my soul is at peace. And so I'm like, "Yeah, if I could live somewhere where it's like, oh, I can go, I can take my paddleboard here, I could go swim here, I could, you know, whatever." Uh, and so right now, like all I have is YouTube. It's a little depressing, but it's getting yeah. it's getting me through. <laughs> It is great, and I definitely prefer it to, like I said, to regular shows or movies, like, by a lot. And, But also, I mean, I think as I've gotten older, I have, like, a really... I have a really weird relationship with, with simple pleasures. Mm -hmm. Like, they mean so much to me, and it actually kind of... A lot of our consumption-based culture and society is strange to me. It feels very alien because... Mm -hmm. This morning I woke up and the weather is finally starting to turn here. It's yeah. starting to get cooler. So in the morning it's it's really really cool. Like this morning at six thirty, I don't know. I felt like it was like sixty five degrees, and I made my coffee and um, I poured a poured a cup of coffee into my uh, my mug that I bought when you and I were at Joshua Tree Park. Oh. <laughs> poured it into my Joshua Tree mug and I went onto the patio and I just was like, ooh, it's real brisk. And it's I, the best. Yeah, and I just was standing there in the brisk, and I'm drinking this coffee, and I and I literally am thinking like, why would anyone like want to spend money on things? <laughs> you know, like no, for it, real it's though. just like this is like this to me is the like I could like I just felt this overwhelming sense of gratitude and peace that like I'm just standing in nice weather drinking coffee, and in my own home, and I'm yeah. like, this is the like this is amazing, <laughs> you know. So, but I think it like, doesn't last though. I mean, it gets hot, and then you go to brunch with people, and you get bad service, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, but, but I mean, you are right. I just I feel like living in a city; those moments are few and far between. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you always want more of them for sure. I do. Yeah, I just I finished this weekend. I listened to Britney Spears audiobook cuz every middle-aged woman is losing their shit over it. <laughs> right. And um I listened to it and there were a lot of interesting um parts of it. Um but I thought it was very interesting. She She's a very emotional person and she's very, I Definitely. think, in touch with her feelings. And so she talked about growing up, you know, she grew up in a town of like 2,000 people in Louisiana. Wow. And she talked about running around out in, you know, the woods and stuff and just how it made her feel close to God, like just mm. being barefoot in nature yeah. and singing. And it made her, I'm going to cry. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a mess. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. So, but it made, it made her feel very like close to God. And so... The other parts where she talked about that feeling was like, you know, napping with her children. Yeah. And so like the kind of through line, and I feel bad for her because she's a sick woman, but um, the through line that I kind of saw in her book is the things that made her happy or brought her joy were moments when she was in nature with her children 
and connected to her womanhood, which also was like a real through line. The book mm. is called The Woman in Me, and you don't hear a lot of people talk about yeah. womanhood being um, essential to their identity anymore. Yeah. Like, especially in the age of like non-binary and trans, like right. having someone being like, no, like the fact that I'm a woman is really precious. Yeah. But um, but I thought that was interesting and you know, I was like, man, she just needs to go back and live in the holler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I was like, and don't we all, to be honest, isn't it all too much? Everyone's losing their shit. Everyone's fucking anxious, depressed, miserable, irritable, fucking mass shooting bullshit. And like, mm. if we all just could kind of sit by a pond with our bare feet in the mud, would we not yeah. feel better? And maybe I'm like alone in that, but like, listen, I've done my genealogy, so I know all my people are from Appalachia. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, meant to be fucking barefoot <laughs> in the mud. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm built that way. I don't feel yeah. the need to put, to brush my hair or put on makeup. I don't feel the need to put on airs or a fake personality. I just want to kind of fucking feel the earth in my toes, if that makes any sense. And I don't, get, I don't get enough of that, and I'm, like, losing my mind a little bit because of it. I totally agree. I mean, so... Because the weather is starting to get nice here, last night for the first time I was able to take a little hike. Mm -hmm. I went over to North Mountain Preserve, like on the other side of where Peoria ends, basically. And uh, just took like, I put on my hiking shoes and I just took kind of like a couple laps around this. There's kind of a dirt trail, like mm -hmm. at the base of the mountain. And I was just, again, like really grateful to be like, oh, I could finally be outside again. Like it's mm -hmm. been months, you know. And I'm just thinking... But yeah, exactly what you were just saying. I was thinking, God, I wish I could just be outside like this all the time. All the time. Like, it sucks to me that I have to spend nine hours a day in a cubicle and then even more time on airplanes and, and like d generic hotel rooms and like just all this bullshit, this artificial disgustingness, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, when really here I am just walking in dirt and I'm so happy. So like, happy. This is like the happiest, like the happiest I've been in months, just walking on this dirt and rock strewn path. And then I <laughs> talk about like getting in touch with nature. I had to take a pee pee. So yeah. I found myself a, a mesquite tree and I, I took a little whiz and uh, I was like, again, just like so happy. Like I love being outside. Yeah. <laughs> like like uh, it's probably a guy thing, but it's like, oh, I love it. Like I love just being outside because you just feel like hmm, nature. Yeah, you know? It's nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. It's like when we, like we know about animals, we study them as outsiders and mm. you know, they animals in, in captivity, they need enrichment activities, they need engagement, depending on the type of animal yeah. and breeds and stuff, different sort of things and requirements. But we really don't honor the fact that we ourselves are animals and need those things as well. Yeah. Um, we don't, most people, physical activity is not part of their daily life. Most people don't work physical jobs. Right. Um, and if they do, it's mostly just like walking or lifting. It's not, yeah. you know, not, not everyone is framing a house. Um, yeah. and so, you know, we're sedentary, which if my dog, my dog is 15 years old. If he's sedentary, he is miserable mm. and anxious and his mental health is worse. Yeah. So like, of course a person's would be, um, and we don't, we just don't really like be, our only enrichment activity as uh, citizens under capitalism is consumption. Yeah. Like, and that's the crazy thing where you're like, okay, well I'm not at work. So what do I do? Do I buy stuff or do I eat stuff? 
Like yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, and you know, we feel all this emptiness inside that we try to fill with new shoes or this or that, you know, or drugs, got drugs alcohol. alcohol. And honestly, if you were to just sit by that fucking crick with your toes in the mud, you'd mm. probably not, you wouldn't have that emptiness. It would be filled. And whether, you know, you approach this from a scientific aspect that like we're happier when we're in nature, people, mm. when you see green, when you look up at trees, it boosts your serotonin or whether for you, it's like a spiritual thing. If it's a, you know, a God thing, like whatever it is that exists. And yet we don't prioritize it. Um, and it's very difficult. Um, like I, I'm at the point now where like, honestly, if I didn't have my dog, like I probably would live out of my car and just travel the country working at different restaurants based on what <laughs> where where it's good where it's good weather that you can sleep in your car and not die <laughs> like literally i would just because i'm so deeply deeply uh, emotionally spiritually like unfulfilled um living where i'm at like it, it was not as bad honestly even when i lived in glendale with zach hmm. We didn't even have a lush yard or anything, but like we had a yard, yeah. we had a hammock. I could go out, I'd sit there, I would ponder, I'd smoke a doobie in the hammock and read mm -hmm. or whatever. And um, I was better then now that I, I don't even have a patio at my place. And it's just like, and last night, so I was like, well, I could go to Tempe Town Lake and I could sit on some cement and look at a reservoir. And then I was like, I could go sit, the weather's not that bad. I could sit by the pool here, but like, if I sit at my pool, it's just going to be people yelling and having fights on their cell phones. Mm. And like, you know, plus the air makes me sick. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that cities are not great. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely you, uh, you're definitely not a city person at this yeah. point in your life. You, yeah. I mean, I, I would like to spend more time in nature, but I think you really need to. <laughs> Is what I'm getting. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, I moved to Phoenix to get away from the city because right. I, I was living in Tempe one million years ago and I moved to New York. That was my dream. And mm. in less than six months, I realized, like, this is not I'm not a city person. And when I moved to Phoenix, which is like right before I met you, like Phoenix was not like it is now. Yeah, it was no, like it's changed a lot. It was like dirt lots, overgrown mm. fields. Like it was, it was not like a city, right, at right. all. And so it kind of has become one around me. And like it just is like almost like you know, and like like boa constrictors, they like slowly tighten your neck. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of how I feel like <laughs> Phoenix is doing to me, where I'm like, Ugh, uh, you know, yeah. um. So, but I just, it's, it's hard because again, we do live in a city, so it's very hard to save money and it's hard to just figure all that out. Um, you know, what's weird is that the, the years that I spent living in Chicago was actually, it felt less like a city than Phoenix does to me now because I was always outside walking. I yeah. didn't have a car, so I walked everywhere and took the L public transportation, mm -hmm. but also they have great parks there yeah and um and also the lakeshore so i spent like tons of time tons of my off time 
like walking through these green, lush green parks is, you know, it's Midwestern. So it's like yeah. very, very green, a lot of trees everywhere. And I would just always be walking through parks or walking along the lakeshore. I would, I had this apartment. It was $500 a month is what I paid. And it was one block from the beach. One well, block. So it's like you, thing, yeah. Chicago, it's you're it's on the lake, so you kind of don't feel as claustrophobic. Same thing with Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan, you can like walk and you're like, well, there's an ocean. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel as claustrophobic as like a landlocked city. And same with the parks. Like New York had beautiful parks. Central Park is huge. If you go, oh yeah, in I've it, been there. Yeah, it's you, massive. <laughs> you can actually forget that you're in a city. Yeah, it is it's, crazy. It's enormous. And like then, my neighborhood had the little parks where I would just bring a towel and lay it down and read in the grass, yeah. and everyone else is doing the same, kind of just chilling. I used to do that all the time. Like I like would constantly like read in parks. Mm. I would. Uh, there's like this great memory that I have. It's one of the few good memories I have with <laughs> with my dad. My dad is still alive, but <laughs> we we don't have great memories together. <laughs> we don't have a lot of great memories. But uh, when I was living in Chicago, it was actually when he and I reconnected. We hadn't spoken in eight years, and then uh, we were talking again. And then he and my sister both came to visit me in Chicago, and it was the summertime, and we were in my neighborhood in where that apartment was, which was five hundred bucks a month, and it was a block from Loyola Beach. And I was like, yeah, let's walk over to the beach. So we uh, we walked across the street, like across Sheridan Road, and then there's the beach. And, like, my sister and my dad were both really surprised. They're like, like, you live, like, you're right on the beach. I'm like, yeah, yeah I know, you know. And they were surprised at how, like, pretty it was. And we were just kind of standing there, like, or sitting on a park bench, like, under a tree, and the breeze was blowing. And there was these uh, apartments that are kind of right behind us that were really on the lakeshore, and there was a woman on a ground floor apartment who was playing a violin oh my with her window open. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sitting there and this like classical violin is being, and we can like see her silhouette. We can like see her playing. And then this guy comes by with a little ice cream push cart and he's like, you want an ice cream? <laughs> and my dad's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like we, we, so we're sitting there eating ice cream, yeah. looking at the water. It was like this beautiful blue because Lake Michigan in the summer is gorgeous. You know, it's like this pure blue, Breeze is blowing, this violin is, and my, I remember my dad looking at me, and he goes, you live in paradise, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, who would have thought, this is a, the third biggest city in America, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you, there's, there's not that kind of, you don't have those kind of places in Phoenix, really, you gotta mm. drive really far out of the city to, to get, have to, that get to that experience, yeah, to get that nature experience, so, yeah, I've been feeling the same way, where it's like, man, it's just, Especially where I live, it's very, very urban. I'm deep in the city, and I, I would like to spend way more time in... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, like, my thing is, I, like, I'm, like... Listen, I'm a very, very smart person. Very intelligent. <laughs> you are. But also, I'm a, I'm a simple person. Um, and, like, I just like walking around and looking. And, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't live somewhere where it's safe to do that. Um, and so it makes you feel really claustrophobic. Yeah. I mean, and that's most of what I did when I lived in New York. I was too poor to do much else. I would just walk around and look at stuff. Yeah. And it was great. And then sometimes I'd like, you know, take the Staten Island ferry over to Staten Island oh, and yeah. back just to be on a boat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, had, <laughs> yep. I didn't have fucking shit to do over on <laughs> Staten Island. I'm just like, yeah, I want to, I'm going to ride it. I just want to be on a boat. So I'd just like ride it back and forth. And there were like water taxis that would take you like across the whatever body of water to Ikea. So I'd always take the <laughs> Ikea tat and then I just get right back on and go back the other way. And I would just walk around and look at stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. Cause I just don't live in a place that that's safe. Right. Um, 
and it's really it's really depressing um and so i i get like i'm like at that i'm at uh, this is where it becomes therapy for me that's the only reason i have a podcast is because i (laughs) am too stubborn cheaper than therapy therapy. (laughs) but i um, i don't know if like right now i have like no dollars i have like Mm. no fucking money my lease is up in four months and i don't know if I just fucking try to figure it out and move with no money. Mm. Or I have a friend moving into a trailer in a retirement community. Like she bought it with her mom. So her mom has a place to retire, but her mom's not retiring for 18 months. So there's a room for rent until then. And it would be $600 a month. Oh, wow. Which right now, including utilities, I pay $1,600 a month. Jeez. So if I theoretically, if I moved in with her, I would um, be able to save a thousand dollars a month, would, which would be nice. But also, then I would have to change jobs. Like I would just have to because mm. I can't. I I don't even know if I can be as miserable as I am for four more months. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of like I'm like I, I I haven't decided yet what to do if I'm just gonna fucking load whatever fits in my car and fucking try to figure it out in Florida or if I should do like the quote unquote smart thing and like move in and like have fucking five, six grand to move with, which still isn't even that much, but it's something Hmm. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I do, I do know that like, this is not how I want to be living my life. Is well, not like I don't yeah. have enough joy in it. But I think honestly, um, the sounds this is gonna sound weird, but that's that's kind of a gift when you have that feeling because I've been there before and I know what it's like. And it, because when a lot of times, many people, probably people listening to this podcast, at least some of them, like don't really know what they want in life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't always know what I want in life. But whenever I've been in a place where I know what I don't want, yeah. I feel good. I have to remind myself to feel good about it. It's like, okay, this is like my body, my inner psychology telling me this can't sustain. Like whether yeah. it's a job I'm in or an apartment I'm in or something. And it, there's been plenty of, you know, where it's just like, you know, Scott, this is, you feel so miserable. Like use that as like, it's a neon sign. It's just, it's no, saying, well, and that's yeah. kind of why I think I'm like, I should just like I was going to use my tax refund to pay off a credit card, mm. but instead just have that as my little cushion. Sure. And just move because I am blessed, right? Oh, the fact that I don't own a house and I pay so much to live is shitty, right? But if I had affordable housing, I probably would be more stuck here. Right yeah. now I really don't have much left left to lose. Right. Rents in Florida have been falling recently. I can get an apartment nicer than mine for $1,000 a month plus utilities. So I would have a nicer place Mm. in a place I want to live for less money. Yeah. Um, And so I just got to figure out, like, because I can't get a lease without a job locally. So I'm going to have to, like, pay for a short-term rental. Um until I get a job so I can prove I have local income so I can get an apartment, which is fine. It's just, it's having a shitty dog makes it a little bit harder, but, um, <laughs> right. cause otherwise I would just like rent a room for Craigslist who gives <laughs> a fuck, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I am kind of blessed in the fact that like, 
I I don't really have a lot holding me here. Like I hate where I live. Mm. I overpay for it. The bar is a great job that I gave away all my shifts. So I only mm. work there one day a week. Um, Cause again, if I worked there four days a week and was making that kind of money still, right. I would probably want to stay. Cause like, that's a lot of money that isn't just, you know, not yeah. every job pays that well. Um, and so, yeah, the fact that I, I, I am so unhappy is kind of like, it's kind of, it's nice. It is a nice opportunity to be like, all right, yeah. well, go find your happiness, bitch. Yeah, for real. Exactly. Fucking yeah. lo- load your shit up and get. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good way to look at it. You yeah. know, it's like, well, I know I may, you know, I don't want to be here. Right. I don't want to be in Phoenix. Yeah. So the fear, the fear is always that I will be just as miserable there. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but at least it'll be like a miserable differently. Maybe. I don't know. There's always some miserable. I mean, life is suffering, you know? So, I mean, it's like there's always going to be suffering. I mean, wherever yeah. I go, I'm going to be a 40-year-old bartender living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. That's the truth of the matter is no matter where yeah. I go, that's my reality. But if in between being a 40-year-old bartender living paycheck to paycheck, I can sit on the beach and walk watch a fucking rocket launch, <laughs> <laughs> like, I will be happier. Because at least, like, I literally don't know what to do with my time. I used to, like, when I, before I was a teacher, I, in my free time, I would, like, work out. But, like, now that's my job, mm. which makes me hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I just, I, like, literally don't really know what to do with my free time. I'm so uninspired artistically. I'm mentally exhausted. There ain't shit I want to do. It's just, like, it is depressing. And so I'm like, well, you know, at least if it's, like, I'm still a broke-ass middle-aged bartender, but I can like go paddle a springs. I can go watch a rocket launch. I can go to a fucking theme park if I want to deal with traffic and parking. Like, yeah, well, there's plenty to choose from there. Yeah, I can drink a White Claw on the boardwalk at Gatorland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I always like my friend that I went to Gatorland with. I always joke. I go, it's just weird to think the happiest day of my life was not that long ago. <laughs> like, I think that I was as happy at Gatorland as most women are on their wedding day. <laughs> to be wow. holding an alligator, I cannot, I can literally cannot imagine being, well, and I'm me, but I can't imagine being that happy walking down an aisle. But like <laughs> wrestling an alligator, I was like just pure joy, <laughs> pure unadulterated joy. <laughs> so, you know, things, things will get where they need to be, I guess. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just bravery. And it's hard when you're depressed. It's really hard to change your life. It like, is. You're like, oh, if I change my life, I'll be less depressed. But also, I'm so depressed, I just want to, like, lay around and disassociate. <laughs> well, that's really why people become drug addicts. Because it's, mm. this, it's that, you know, and why it's so hard to break out of that. Because if you, you know, if you're, like, so depressed, you do, you want to just feel better. And then you, you know, drink something or take something. And then it's like, well, I, you get trapped in that cycle. Yeah. You know, or... Just a cycle of like or watch, food, food, you, yeah. Watching know, too much television. Do you know what I, I didn't know what to do last night. I literally didn't know what to do with myself. I got stoned and I ordered fucking uh, tacos veganos delivery. Like that's mm. what I did because I couldn't. I like literally just what I said. Like people yeah, feel well. empty inside and they want to fill it with something. And I yeah. was like, well, I already worked out today. I already worked my job. I don't really know what to do. I guess I'll just like hit this vape and. Yeah. eat vegan quesadillas and watch YouTube. Like, cause I look, I was like, oh. so like, cause mm. for me, you know, I'm not, I don't drink, but like definitely marijuana. I think I've abu- been abusing more in the past year than ever before. Um, and then food for sure, because carbs 
are like a hug from the inside. Yes, <laughs> they sure are. <laughs> Yeah, so anything, anyways, um, uplifting things. Absolutely. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, I don't really either. I mean, uh, I'm very full from my, my bad brunch. Um, yeah, it's Sunday. Yep. I'm going to go back to work tomorrow. Uh, my boss is uh, going to be on vacation this Ooh. week. And um, in, you know, a um, an example of... His leadership style was to, like, not say anything to anyone so there's no direction given. Uh, not even, like, an email saying, like, hey, just as a reminder, I'm going to be out all next week. Like, literally didn't tell anyone. Like, I just know. It's on the calendar. But That's it's like, how you knew that he was going to be gone for a week? Just put it on the calendar. Yeah, like, not, not even real? saying, like, I'm going to be out for a whole week. You know, like, these issues should go here. If you have questions, you should talk to them. Like, just nothing. You know, yeah. like, yeah. So, uh, I am... Not really happy with my current situation at work because of that. <laughs> did you you interviewed for a different department? How did that go? I did. The interview went well, but um, they said I was their first interview and that they had others to do. Um, and I was like, okay. And then it's been like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I sent an email on Friday and I was like, hey, just following up. You know, I really enjoyed meeting with you and learning about, you know, the job and everything. And uh, and they said, like, we're still interviewing. The interviews are still in process, but we'll, we'll keep you posted, you know, so. And I, I don't have high hopes. Yeah. Really, so. Uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, weirdly enough, it's like, see, I vacillate between this. It's so hard because, like, I don't want to care about, I don't want to be one of those guys that's like, oh, I'm really wrapped up emotionally in my job, you know, yeah. because I've never seen myself as that kind of guy, you know, like the sort <laughs> of. You know, like the, the typical like kids in the hall esque businessman. We're like, I'm a businessman, you know. Yeah. Like, and but I like you and I are similar in that you can't help but care about your job. Like, yeah, like, like you want to be good at it. If yeah. you have to do it, you might as well be good at it. Exactly. Like I, I hate like half assing things at work and like fucking things up because it just always negatively affects other people. And yeah. I don't I don't if nothing if nothing else about me, I am polite. And yeah. I, and I don't want to like ruin someone else's day. So I always try to do the thing that needs to be done so that it doesn't fuck up someone else, whether yeah. it's a coworker or a client, a customer, whatever, you know? But the problem is that, like, there's a lot of people dropping the ball in my current, you mm -hmm. know, work life, and I'm just always torn between, like, man, fuck this, like, just, you know, no one cares, so why should I? And then I just kind of get upset, and I'm like, God damn it, like, we got to clean this up! <laughs> we gotta, yeah. You know, and, like, trying to make other people care... And, but that's exhausting because yeah. if they're not going to, you know, you can't give enough fucks for everyone in the room. Yeah, You can exactly. only give enough fucks for you. So it's just, I feel really torn. And I'm like, even when I interviewed for this other job, I'm like, if they offer it to me, I don't even know if I'll take it. I don't even Dude, know. Like I, like, I, like, I feel bad. Like, you know, because I feel like every time that I have left a job, like somehow that department, that team, that company just turns around and everything goes, I start hearing like, oh, it's going great now. I'm like, God damn it, I should have, you know. That's <laughs> what happened with me at the bar. Like literally the minute yeah. I mm -hmm. left, everyone who I didn't like working with left. The yep. operating system that was making, because we just, we get, we're the home of walk-in 20 tops with all separate tabs. Oh my God, yeah. And like the minute I gave up all my shifts, they got a new computer system that, streamlines it and makes Ooh. it so so much easier like li literally everything that was kind of chapping my hide yeah. changed the minute i gave away all my shifts and i was like 
fuck. Yeah, I've totally been there, man. And so that's kind of, that is like, and then it makes you paralyzed to change, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, well, I changed things and now actually it was a downgrade. So what are the chances if I change things again, it's going to be an upgrade? And like, can I trust myself? Clearly I have a history of making bad decisions Mm. in terms of my career and my relationship and everything. Like it makes you like, oh, I'd do it. Why change anything? It's just going to suck no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally there with you. I, I, I get the same kind of feelings and thoughts. But I mean, I guess it's like, you know, when you, you know, you go back to like David Goggins, like we've read his mm-hmm. book, you know, and it's just, there's just going to be challenges. Like if you, you know, yeah. if you think like, all right, well, you know, uh, this is, there, there, you can't expect that it's going to be like perfect. Yeah. Like even if the grass is greener, there's still going to be weeds. Yeah. And I saw, I watched some Ted talk a while back when, you know, as you do (laughs) looking for inspiration. And this guy was talking about how, you know, in order to make a pot, in order to like change your life, he actually said like, you have to expect there's going to be a downgrade. So like, if you you quit your, yeah, this was like really good. I should send it to you. But he was like, if you quit your job because you're sick of it and you want to follow your dream or whatever the case may be, you should expect like things are going to get worse for a while. You're going to have less money. You're probably going to be more stressed. You're going to be experiencing financial stress and all sorts of other things are going to go wrong. But he's like, you have to go through that to get to what you want. He's like, too many yeah. people, they make that change and they go, oh my God, I made a mistake. And they go running back to That's their, literally yeah. every what, time yeah. I've started a career and then I come running back to the service industry. It's like my safety blanket. Yeah. I mean, I, I have done the same thing. I went back to the job I'm at now. Yeah. Like I left once before and I went back. So, um, you know, and I, watching that made me realize like, oh yeah, like this is what it is. Like if you're going to set your, set your sights on something, like you have to know it's going to suck for a while. Yeah. And there's going to be like, not only the expected challenges that you were facing, but there's going to be some unexpected ones too. And you're going to go, God damn it. But if you power through it, you know, I think, yeah, can... that's really poignant. And I think, wow. Now I'm like thinking, cause I think like my career change that I, I do want to run away from. I think that in a way is kind of valid just because, and mostly I think I could put up with the less money and I could put up with the more stress if like the schedule kind of worked a little bit more. Um, But I'm thinking like, yeah, if I move, like the move is going to be shitty for a while and challenging, Mm. but I think that would be worth it because then I'm like establishing myself in a place I want to exist. Yeah. Cause right now it's like, I don't really want to live here. And so it makes it hard for me to commit to establishing myself somewhere, like building up a following, building up private clientele in terms of personal training, all that stuff. It almost feels pointless a little bit because Mm. like why establish my life in a place that I want, I don't want to be. Yeah. If that makes sense. So yeah, I, that's, that's interesting that, yeah, no matter what you do, it's going to be, it's going to get worse, but if you have to make sure the change is worth it, like right. being a parent sucks, but people like love their kids and they're like, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm willing to suffer if it's worth it. Right. Um, I don't even remember who this guy was, but the, the title of the Ted talk was, uh, how to live an asymmetric life. It's oh. like his whole thing. He called, calls it an asymmetric life. Mm-hmm. And he had like five points you have to do. And I like, I put it in my phone, but I don't know if I still have it, like what, yeah. what those five points were, you know, but one of them is like, yeah, there's going to be like a downgrade, like an yeah. immediate downgrade for whenever you make that shift to do, you know, to, I think this guy, you know, he had like some kind of corporate job and he made a lot of money, but he's like, I don't want to do this. And then 
you know, like things sucked for a while. He was yeah. broke and, you know, people, his friends thought he was crazy. And, you know, and then of course he's like a millionaire now or something. So yeah, as they are. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I'm, pro- I'm processing that. <clears throat> Because, yeah, I think, like, right now I'm going through a lot of, like, struggles with the career change and the five jobs. And maybe it would feel worth it if I was establishing my, like, if I was doing all this stuff in a place where I was, like, I had roots. And because I don't have roots here or I don't want to have roots here, it probably is why I'm mentally fighting it a little mm. more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it feels like I'm putting in a lot of work for temporary situations, like training at jobs, building up clientele, building up a following that doesn't feel meaningful to me. The work I'm putting in doesn't feel meaningful to me because I don't want to be here. But if I was struggling as much as I am now somewhere out, like in Florida, I think I probably would feel more committed to it or like less mm. burdened by all the things that are like it's like you know the collection of pains in my asses wouldn't would feel worth it because it's like well no this is actually the life that i want yeah um because then when i'm not doing these things i'm enjoying myself instead of like getting stoned in my apartment watching with my my humidifier on watching beach videos going it's almost like i'm there right <laughs> 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 Pathetic. And I was like, I was like, maybe I just need some plants in my apartment so it can feel like there's a little nature. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, I don't get any sunlight. Like, <laughs> I don't have a patio. I don't get sunlight inside. I can't even have fucking plants. I'm like, I just want to see some God. I'm driving to Flagstaff on Wednesday to see the fall colors. Oh, nice. Because yeah. I'm like, I just want to see some goddamn plants. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> we went to the we went to the Whitfield Nursery last week or the week before. Oh, yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. Fruit said he wanted to see the flowers. Oh, um, I bet he loved him. He, he did, and it was not, it was humid because when you're it's such a big expansive nursery when oh, you're sure. in there it's like humid and you're like. <gasps> Like, this feels good. I was like, and the guy's like, uh, yeah, is there anything in particular you're looking for? And I was like, honestly, man, I don't have a yard. I'm just like daydreaming. (laughs) I am not going to waste your time. I was like reading tags on plants and being like, oh, this needs that much sun. (laughs) It's fucking, when he's like, is there anything in particular? I'm like, I got nowhere to put any of this. I just, yeah. One day I'll have a yard, and then this all of this would, would matter to me. But right now I'm just kind of, I'm window shopping for <laughs> me and my dog. Or we're like, oh, a date palm. Yeah, because you know, it's my favorite plant. Um, I love a good date shake. I love a good date anything, man. They are delicious. They are delicious. Delicious fruits. I think, are they a fruit, technically? I mean. I think so. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I used to do something very similar like that. Uh, going to Cost Plus World Market. Uh-huh. I used to go in there all the time. Like when I first moved back to Arizona, I was living with my mother and I didn't even have a job yet, I don't think. And I would go, there was a uh, World Market in Mesa near where I was living with her. And I would like just walk around because you feel like you're in Costa Rica or yep. Guatemala or something, you know? And and I had no money to buy anything. I didn't even have my own place, so I'm not going to buy anything, you know? Yeah. I'm just kind of walking around like looking at these like teak cabinets that are like eighteen hundred dollars you know because they're from they're handmade by some artisan in guatemala and i'm like 
yeah, I would I would have that in my bedroom in the, yep. in the, oh, in yeah, the bedroom totally. that I imagine having. You know, Dude, so. <laughs> I did when I was living in my mom's garage. I did so much of that, yeah. so much, mm-hmm. and I had like a whole like Google bookmarks like folder of like this is going to be the shelves and this is going to be the this and this yeah. is going to be mm-hmm. because it's like you need a dream. You do. Yeah, you gotta have a dream. When you lose hope, that's when things get really dark. It's true. So it's like. Yeah, I maybe I can't. I don't have a yard now, but I want to look at plants. I maybe I don't have my own place now, but if I did, these are the fucking shelves that would go in. Fuck life, man. I just I never thought it would be like this. That we'd be like I'd be like middle aged and still like almost feeling a lot like a teenager, where you're like kind of an adult and you have adult expectations placed on you, but you don't have. You're not established. You don't have the liberties that, like, our parents had. Do you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? You mean, like, not as much money as they yeah, had? Yeah, just like my parents owned a house and yeah. a boat. And, like, they they had things. Like, they well, went places. And, like, yeah. what I you know, when you're a teenager and you work your retail job at minimum, like, I feel like very similar to how I felt then where you're mm. like, well, maybe on payday I'll buy a new sweater. Like, <laughs> instead of being like, well, I've got my 401k and my nest egg and mm. I'm going to buy a home and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, I, it's Saturday, I'm going to fire up the riding mower to mow my yard because I can afford a house with a yard and a mower for it. Like, not like, yeah. not, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, well, me, you know, maybe on one of my tax refund comes, I'll get a new pair of sneakers. Like it's just, it's so (laughs) silly that I feel very like juvenile, but it just, it's the economy. It's how everyone is right now. We're basically financial children rather than adults. You know, I mean, it's this, I think, you know, they said this is like the first time in in kind of the history of America where like this generation is going to do worse than their parents did, you know, Mm -hmm. or is doing worse than their parents did. And they were predicting that before. For the current recession. Yeah. Which is, are we technically in a recession yet? Have they no, uh, we never have actually hit one yet because the economy is still technically growing. So yeah. we're not, but it is, there's inflation, which is yeah. really what, what you're feeling. Because um, I think they've been saying for at least 10 years that this generation was going to do worse than their parents. And that's before things have really like ramped up the past three years. I definitely did way worse than my father for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, even my, what's actually crazy uh, and I, I mean, a lot of this is my own fault because I made some bad choices. My, my, I mean, I really struggled with, <laughs> frankly, mental illness in my, my mm-hmm. adult, early adulthood, young life. You know, I was just not quite stable. It took me a while to find the right medication, you know? And yeah. so I made some bad choices, but w- what's really crazy to me when I think about it is that my grandfather who, you know, like my dad did well, like he had a nice life. He retired at 55. Uh, he owns two homes, but my grandfather, who was born to immigrant parents in a, a tenement in New York, mm-hmm. and he did amazing. Like he actually he did better than both my parents. Like he made yeah. a ton of money and retired super early, and just like had a, a, a like a I'm not uh, what's the word I'm looking for like a, a a meteoric rise in terms of the economy he was born into and like mm-hmm. what he achieved and I go well yeah something is definitely broken if the guy who's 101 years old he's still alive you know <laughs> had this amazing life 
And I'm not even like a fraction of it, like to where to well, what he achieved. And <laughs> like I, I also like blame myself and my mental illness for a lot of my economic problems. Right? I was a late bloomer. Like a lot of mental Me health too. problems yeah. that mm-hmm. still got that got in the way of career progression, et Definitely. cetera, et cetera. So like we can blame ourselves from that, but like our grandparents were able were like deeply, deeply damaged from their time at war. Yeah. <laughs> were severe alcoholics, had night terrors, PTSD, <laughs> beat their wives, and they still were able to have a job yeah. <laughs> where they on 40 hours a week could provide for a household. So like yeah. it isn't solely us because those those people, those deeply damaged World War II veterans, yeah. were able to provide. Yeah. And it's my grandmother never worked ever in yeah. her life. Yeah. And it's because when they went into the office for the 40 hours a week, their workload was nowhere near what a current office worker's workload is. Not even close. Because you didn't have fucking emails and all these systems. You yeah. would come in, you would dictate a letter. Yes. <laughs> and like then your secretary's whole job was to get you coffee and hang up your coat and then type out that letter. Yeah. Like that was the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and then the afternoon was like confirming appointments for the next day. The workload was like <laughs> not as much. So if you had fractured mental health, it was still easier to have a career and make money. Now, if you have fractured mental health because the workload on you is infinitely yeah. more intense than what it was for our grandparents, it's harder to go forward if you're coming out of the gate with any sort of mental health issues. Yeah. If that, if, if I articulated that in any way. No, I totally get it. I mean, it's like just before you came over here, I looked at I happened to look at my phone and I looked at my uh, foolishly looked at a, my work email Ooh. and yeah, there's like a, an e- a email in there from an angry customer and it's like, blah, blah. Like, I don't know what, you know, Scott, I don't know what to do about this. And I'm like, well, like it's Sunday. Yeah. Like my grandfather wouldn't have, he wouldn't have gotten an email on a phone, you know, on, on his Sunday. His Sunday, he was uh, at home beating his kids. You know what I mean? So yeah. He's like, the work didn't start till the next day. You know? Well, so. and that's why it makes me feel like an asshole whenever I'm like, oh, well, you know, my my 40-hour work week is broken up into eight shifts or I have to commute or I have five bosses to communicate with. In today's world, I feel like a brat for saying that that stuff bothers me. But like... but. But, like, most people don't have to talk to four different bosses in one day. Right. Let alone on their day off. Yeah. Let, you know what I mean? And so the fact is, like, I I am justified in being bothered by it. It's just that no one else complains about this stuff because we're supposed to just shut up and take it because that's the way that it is. Mm. But, like, I don't want... Dude, even in my work slack at fucking 9 p.m. on the day of my birthday someone said like one of the administrators had seen it was my birthday and said happy birthday so that my birthday was like five days ago and (laughs) i i've been getting a ping every day from someone responding to the thread saying happy birthday (laughs) i'm like i just don't even want to think about like i'm not at work right now i don't want to think about you or being like oh this is the new promotion we're doing at this studio so everybody remember to tell everybody at the end of all your classes about this promotion. And then it's like, okay, then I'm like driving to one job and then the catering manager says, hey, there's an event this day. Can you do it? And I have to, you know, talk to text. Let me get back to you. I need to look at a calendar. I'm driving right now. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. all of it. 
fucking all of it. I don't, I'm not trying to communicate that much, man. I'm trying to put my feet in the mud. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and it's like, it's, can you imagine how much more those wives and children would have been beaten if grandpa had to have email? Oh my God. Yeah. Can you fucking (laughs) imagine how much those beatings would increase in frequency if fucking, I mean, and I just can't, to me, I can't imagine that like, you know, my grandfather would come home from work to the house that he owned and his wife is there and like the ki- three kids. And he's like, yeah, I, I, my salary just pays for all this. You know what I mean? Like, Can you my, imagine? yeah, like my wife doesn't work and she was at home, like taking care of the kids and like m- had time to make like a beautiful dinner from scratch. My grandmother was an amazing cook, you know? Yeah. And he's just like, oh yeah, I'll just eat this dinner that someone cooked for me. And you know, can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. It's crazy. If you to me. did not have to do your own laundry and, <laughs> yeah. pr- and press your own shirts right. or make your own meals, I mean, it's how phenomenal. much more at peace yeah. would you be? Oh my God. It would, yeah. yeah. I just, I, I just am like, I have this coworker like a long time ago. He worked with us briefly. His name is Dusty. Shout out to Dusty. And du- <laughs> Dusty kind of has like a balding Seth Rogen vibe, <laughs> but he has like a truck camper. Like, it's just a truck with a shell on the back with, like, a mattress in it. And he'll, like, go work, like, see, take a seasonal job in, like, Denver or whatever. Mm. And then come back and stay with his mom during the off season and, like, bartend a couple nights a week somewhere. And then be like, all right, I'm going to go to Alaska now. And nice. this or that. There's no way this dude has a savings account, right? No. <laughs> but I, like, really envy that it's just, like, he's just surfing through, honestly, living the a better life than all of us because all of us are struggling to keep up the standards of our parents living, owning a house, owning a car, doing this, doing that. But basically it's like trying to run a marathon with no legs, just the way the economy is. And so I really admire people who like are not even fucking trying to enter the race because they're like, we're not going to win it. Yeah. We're not going to fucking, it's rigged. So the idea that it's just like, no, I just like sleep in my car and I pick (laughs) up service industry jobs and I chill when, wherever the weather's nice. And in between I'm in my thirties and I'll stay at my mom's house. Like good fucking good for you, man. Like, Good for fucking you. I fucked up. Good for you, man. I I got a dog and you know, my mental health relies on having a tiny creature to take care of. But, um, I do, I do really envy the people who don't. And that's why, like, you know, the whole van life and schooly thing, which is just, like, basically marketing to make homelessness attractive to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and most of us don't even have the money to embark on that is the craziest part about it. Yeah. Is that, like, you need money to even buy a fucking van, yeah. let alone be able to put a toilet in it. Uh, but, um, but it's just being able to say like, listen, it's not, it's not going to work. The house in the yard, it's not happening. Yeah. So like, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> and good, good for those people for having the bravery. Um, I hope to be one of them one day. You will. You will. I have faith in you. Uh, you too can be a homeless vagabond. I, uh, yeah, I would hope so. I, I mean, your, not, your dog is small enough that you could live that life with him. I mean, I know, but I need a job that I can take him to because I mm. can't leave. You can't leave a car, a dog oh, in a that's, car. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's yeah. the problem is that I can't, I, I can't leave him in a car. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Dog. And I can't take him into a gym with me to shower. <laughs> that's <So> true. <laughs> that's the main thing is yeah. like, I can sleep in a car. I can shower at the gym. I can do laundry at a laundromat. Like I could make that work. 
Yeah. Um, but you can't do that when you have a little animal dependent on you. So. Well, have I told you what my retirement plan is? What's your retirement plan? Uh, shotgun to the mouth. No, just kidding. So <laughs> that's <laughs> all of ours. Scott. <laughs> no, what I what I want to do, what my plan is, is to, uh, uh, and I'm honestly just this. Like I hate to say this, it sounds mean, but I'm really just waiting for my cat to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but once she dies, I'm gonna sell my condo and uh, I'm gonna take one of those summer tour guide jobs in Alaska. Yeah. And um, because I used to be a tour guide and actually I rather miss it. That was probably the funnest job I ever had. So be a tour guide in the summer. And then I'm just going to go live like in the winters, like in Mexico or Thailand or, you know, just cheap places, cheap third world countries, you know, Yeah. that's what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to do, I'm going to keep doing that as long as I can uh, until eventually, I mean, I'll, I'll fully retire at some point in one of those cheap countries. I'm not going to retire in the U S it's too expensive. No. I can't do it. That's so. kind of, yeah. What I was thinking, I want to buy a condo. Like, so that's kind of my thing is that I want to buy a condo cheap, 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 pay it off in like 10, 15 years. And then, um, just to have a place to crash while mm. I'm, but then when I no longer am a pet owner, I want to do seasonal work and yeah. rent the condo out and mm, like split yeah. my time between, you know, Ecuador and the Philippines. Like I yeah. just, just, yeah. Third world countries sitting on a beach, staring at things, hanging out with people who don't speak the same language as me. You know what I mean? And having them somehow teach me about fishing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really it. I don't have like, you know, I'm not trying to hike Everest. I'm not trying to do anything God, like no. that. But if I could sit on a beach and, like, observe people doing things, yeah. especially if they're, like, heritage traditions, you know? Yeah. Fishing, nice. surfing, stuff like that, where it's, like, I don't know. We'll see. You know, there that that's the goal. I, you know I'll fuck up and I'll get another dog is the thing. It's, like, I will do that. Well, I mean, you know, this, that, that could be a good thing, though. It could turn into a positive. It's so. I just really enjoy having one. I, it you know, ruins my life and it hobbles me. I spent yeah. two hundred and twenty dollars on the vet on him this week. Yeah, I'm taking mine to the vet tomorrow, yeah, so I already just, know it's going to be two fifty to three hundred. Yep, it just is what it is. Yeah. But it's like also pretty good for my mental health um, to have someone who thinks I'm a big deal. No, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he's a cutie. He is a cutie. Yeah. He's an internet celebrity. He's he is. a cutie. Um, he's an emotional terrorist. He's all of it. Yeah. All of the above. Um, and My cat could really, I think, could care less if I lived or died. So that's the, Well, the fun <laughs> thing about your cat is, like, she doesn't give a fuck about you. <laughs> like, and she's, like, a fat bitch. But also, when you're not around, she's upset that you're not around. I know. That's the that's thing. That's, like, the fucked <laughs> yeah. up thing. It's, <laughs> like, when you're around, she just will, like, come in the room and, like, smear at you and, like, <laughs> whatever. But, like, if you're not here, she is pissed. Yeah, I know people have told me, uh, you've told me, and others yeah. that have come here. And then also, like, people sometimes ask me, like, why do you always have someone, like, feed your cat when you're away? Like, you can just leave your cat for, like, two or three days. Like, that's not, a, like, cats are fine. You can leave food. And I was like, because I've done that, and she literally won't eat. If no one's around, like, yeah. she will not eat. She's She gets really upset. And then, so someone has to, she, she does like having people around. She doesn't act like it. So. Yeah, she wants to, their presence. Kind of like me. Like, I want someone around. I just don't need them to talk to me all the time. That's why mm. I struggle in relationships where I'm like, I want you around. Just, like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, just be in the other room. Right. There was this video. Um, it was Mark Marin when he was dating Lynn Shelton before she passed away. 
And he was like recording something and he's like, where are you? And she's like, I'm upstairs. Did you want something? Do you want to hang out? And she like comes in the room. He's like, no, I didn't want to hang out with you. I just, I needed to know where you were at in the house. <laughs> I want to know where you're at. I don't, we, I don't need anything with you. And it, was, it was so funny because I was like watching that dynamic and I was like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I want you around. I just don't, you can just do whatever you do. I just, you know. I, I dated a girl a long time ago, um, well, like 15 years ago, but she was a painter, um, very talented painter, um, and she used to tell me that she liked to have someone in the room with her when she was painting. Mm -hmm. So, like, she wasn't painting them, but it's like, so if I was, I used to go over to her apartment, I would just, like, sit there and watch movies on her TV, yeah. and she would, like, paint kind of, like, in the background, and I was like... Am I in your way? Am I bothering? She's like, no, no, I like that you're here. Like, I like having someone. It's just like, like yeah. energy. Because yeah. I'm like not very productive when I'm at home alone. Mm. But if I have someone in the other room or if I take my laptop to a coffee shop or I used to like take it to uh, this bar and I would just like drink Diet Coke because I knew the bartender and like where I get more stuff done. It's yeah. weird. It's just like you need people. It's, it's kind of why like big, like... Big city living isn't totally terrible, especially if you live in a city like we discussed that has public spaces, because if you do want to get out of the house and just go sit somewhere and like yeah. work on your computer or read, right. it is kind of nicer than doing it in your house. Yeah. I used to, well, when, back when blogs were a thing was when I was living in Chicago and I used to, I was a prolific blogger because I never did it at home. I used to blog in like cafes and coffee shops all the time and, um, you know, not to poop my own horn, but I was pretty good at it. Like I had a yeah. pretty large following. People were always like commenting on how good the writing was and how much they enjoyed it. And I wish I had kept up with it, but you know, yeah, I'm I've, just now hearing this about you. Oh, it's a, a new story every day. So, secrets. <laughs> so I tried, I've tried several times, like in the past few years to like get back into writing, but I can't write at home. I just like sit there. And I'm like, I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> it makes me feel, well, it's almost <laughs> like I just feel oppressed. I yeah. feel like I'm in my little cage. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's very hard to feel inspired or motivated. I don't work out at home. I don't, you know, I just, I, I like to do things off site. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. fucking. Right. Yeah. Writing. I don't yeah. want, and none of that happens at my house. It's like in that, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, what, in that same visit where my dad came to Chicago and, um, he was appalled that I didn't have a coffee maker in my apartment. Uh -huh. And he's like, well, I, I thought you drank coffee. I was like, I get my coffee on the outside. I don't, I don't, yeah. do, I do this here. Like I go out, there's coffee. It's a big, it's a giant city. I'm a single guy. I'm 20, yeah. 22 years old. Like, yeah, you, you gotta know? get out. And yeah. I go out and I get coffee. And, uh, that was also like, I was also quoting Seinfeld when I said that, because that's a, it's a Seinfeld episode where his parents are visiting him and the same thing. They were like. Like, where's your coffee? He's like, I got my coffee on the outside. <laughs> so it was, it was especially funny to me at the time that I said that because I was like, I, I felt like I was living a Seinfeld episode yeah. because I had watched Seinfeld growing up in like middle school and then to all of a sudden be in a big city and being, and saying that exact same thing to my parent, you know? And I was very proud of myself. <laughs> it, honestly, <laughs> it only makes sense to me if you have like a bigger space, like Zach's house was large. Yeah. And so like, it was like, yeah, I'll make coffee in the kitchen and I'll go sit in the dining room or sit in the living sure. room and drink yeah. it or whatever, or in the yard, or like we had a gym, mm. like he worked out in the gym, I worked out in our garage recording studio, mm. like, cause there was space, but like when you live in a smaller place, like you're just like, 
what am I going to do? I'm going to drink coffee in the same place that I watch TV in the same place that I sleep. <laughs> like I'm going to work out five inches from my bed. Like it just yeah. feels, you're like, no, I'm going to do it on the outside. I'm yeah. not going to. Absolutely. You, in, unless you, you know, are wealthy enough to have designated spaces to do things. Yeah. Like, oh God, those poor people during the pandemic, like working from home. Yeah. Like I knew a couple that had a one bedroom apartment. So one worked out of the living room and the other one had like a table they pulled up and they sat on the bed and worked. Oh God. And I was like, oh my God, if I had to work from my bed, I would fucking kill myself. Yeah, that would, I, I, I worked from home for like two months during the pandemic, maybe three. And I wanted to kill myself. I was like, like, and I'm right here at this table is where yeah. I would sit. And I didn't even use that office cause it felt too isolated in there in, yeah. in my office room. So I sat at the kitchen table and, uh, after three months, I was like begging to. Come. I was like, "Can I just go in there?" So they let me come back. It was like me and two other people oh, in, the, in the whole that. building. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> because I'm like, I live alone with a cat. Like I'm, I'm going insane. Like I, yeah. I, I get up in the morning, I'm here, and then like I turn the computer off at five, and I'm still here, and like nothing changes. And I started, it started really getting bad because like what I would do is I, after my day's work was done, I would like crack a beer open. Yep. Then it became. I'm cracking it open at four o'clock. Then it became, I'm cracking it open at noon. Yeah. I mean, like it was I, getting, and I knew a lot of yeah, people like that. It where, was getting dangerous. And then it yeah. started like, I, I know someone who's, who was like, yeah, I started drinking the minute I woke up and like, it just, yeah, I was getting close to that. Yeah. I, could, I could feel it. And I was like, I got to get out of here or I'm going to be a raging alcoholic. So, well, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at with weed now, <laughs> which like, I hate to say it, but like, it's like weed isn't as bad. But like I hit my, I like hit the vape while I'm driving to work. And like my thing is I get there a little early, you know, to make sure everything can be set up with no hiccups or whatever. But like lately I've just been like getting super fucking stoned in the parking lot and then going into work and putting on my like seventies rock, my doobie mm -hmm. brothers. And I do like my little 15, 20 minute workout and I'm just like vibing Cause you know, in my head I'm stoned so I can picture like I'm in the woods, I'm in a cabin in the <laughs> woods and I'm just like really in touch with myself, like vibing. And then like my students start coming in at six 30 in the morning and I'm like, Hah! yeah. <laughs> like, I, and I'm so mad cause it's such a buzzkill doing it at work. Uh, like just work is a buzzkill. And so I'm like, yeah, this is like bad. I've never been that person to like yeah. ever be inebriated at work, but I like, I'm just trying to survive. So I'm kind of in that mode that a lot of people were when they were stuck at home during the pandemic and they're just trying to survive. And yeah. it's like, yeah, why not drink? What's the point? Why right. wouldn't I? Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, which is like not a great spot, but again, it's weed. So it's like cool. Yeah. <laughs> if I was drunk at <laughs> six in the morning, that'd be weird. But I'm like, Oh no, I'm stoned. Well, I was watching family guy today and there was like a, the, it was the really an episode where uh, uh, Peter and Lois go to Stewie's preschool for like open house night, mm -hmm. and uh, the preschool teacher is like, "Hi everyone, my name is Suzanne, and I am the preschool teacher. And like everyone else nowadays, I am currently high on edibles right now." <laughs> <So we see. laughs> She's like, oh, "Like like everyone in America, I am currently high on edibles." So. <laughs> Oh my God, it is crazy how much you people look like your kids. Wow. <laughs> it was very funny. And I was like, yeah, I feel like everyone really is just high on edibles all the time. It is. And honestly, yeah. like for me, because I, I have diagnosed ADD, like you tend to have low dopamine levels and like you mm. need extra stimulation in yeah. order to not kill yourself. 
Um, and so for me, teaching is actually really hard because like when I'm waiting tables or bartending, I have like 17 things I'm thinking of at any given time. Yeah. I'm like going, I'm physically moving fast. I'm talking fast. I'm thinking fast. I'm very engaged. Okay. I got to do this, 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 what I'm teaching. I'm just kind of walking in a circle and yeah. like being like, all right. And we're going to inhale as we press out, exhale on the way home, you know? And it's like my mind starts to wander <laughs> because it's not that engaging. Yeah. Right. And then I'm like, okay. And then, okay, we're going to roll over onto our left. I mean, right hip, right hip. Cause I'll get distracted. Cause it's so yeah. fucking boring. Right. It's so n- not intellectually challenging for me. I mean, I know a lot of dumb bitches who teach Pilates. And mm. so it's not boring for them because like, <laughs> They're idiots, so they have to, like, think hard to do it. Yeah. But for me, um, it's, like, so easy and unstimulating that I'm, like, well, if I'm stoned, it kind of does help me slow my brain down enough that I'm, like, a little more present Mm -hmm. for the the bullshit. Because, like, I'm, like, man, maybe I should have, like, taught spin classes or something. (laughs) Even though I don't do – I don't work out like that. I don't do, like, fast-paced shit. But, like, at least maybe it would keep it moving. Yeah. It's just like walking around. Da, 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 I'm like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, kill me. It's tough. I mean, you and I are very similar in that way. And I've also been told by two different therapists that you probably have ADHD. You know, I was never officially diagnosed yeah. or anything, but I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But um, yeah, like, I, I think one of the reasons why I did really well when I did tech support is it was just pure chaos all the time. Like, I used to take. You know, I used to take live chats and phone calls at the same time. Yeah, and, people, and it, yeah. it kept it busy because you would actually technically be doing like three customers at once. Yeah, because you could it, do two chats and one phone. Oh, call. Oh yeah, and people yeah. thought I was like crazy that I was. I was. I really enjoyed it, but that's the way I have to be. When things slow down, I'm like I'm miserable. Oh, I'm, I'm miserable. Miserable. Yeah, like those dogs that like chew up the door frame. Yeah, like that's and I make jokes like that where I'm like. You know, if it's slow at work or whatever, I'm like, I'm going to choose, I'm going to gnaw the door frame. And I don't, I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. people don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm discussing like that type of dog. Um, Cause yeah, I just, I don't know how people do it. I, I don't really know. don't. It. I'm just like, oh my God. I was thinking the other day too, that I was like, I feel like I've only had one kind of job my whole life, even though I've had multiple jobs, but it's always like either painfully slow or insanely busy like yeah. i don't know even what a job is like that's just like steady yeah <laughs> maybe an assembly line i mean yeah. I, I i don't know it's like every kind of job i ever had is always there's just only two modes you know it's like we're getting slammed like shit is on fire or it's just like there's nothing going on and you want to kill yourself like, yeah i don't understand why that's a running theme in my professional life but it really is all right you so. should be a cater waiter with me was was that like i mean is it busy it was, is it it was pretty, kind of fun yeah. Um, do you wear a little bow tie? I don't wear a bow tie. Well, okay, so my first event, they had given me two shirts, like a company mm. polo shirt to wear while setting up and then a dress shirt to wear for the event. Okay. But I didn't think to ask if the event was outside. I thought it was inside, and I thought, how dirty could I get setting up a bar in a uh. banquet room? So I just wore my dress shirt. Well, it was outside, and um, not only that, but like, it was in this like backyard and we were hiding stuff like out of the way, like our empty boxes. So I was crawling through like bushes and trees. Oh geez. Mm-hmm. So before the event even opened, I'm so sweaty and I've got leaves in my hair. And I'm just <laughs> a disaster. My makeup's melted. I've got it on the collar of my shirt. And I'm like, oh what did I get into? Cause basically it was like, they gave me like, 
Like it, it, they're so efficient the way they roll up. It's like these fucking catering trucks roll up like the fucking, uh, what do they call it? Like when the military comes into town. Convoy. <laughs> yeah, it was like a like a military convoy. Like they roll up like martial law has been instituted, <laughs> and they build this place. They build a kitchen on site. Oh. So like ovens, everything, like stoves, and they load it onto like the truck. It comes out and it's like it has like the hydraulic thing that's like mirror and lowers it. Oh yeah. And so we help unload the trucks so they can build an actual kitchen. And this was a wedding reception at this gorgeous house. They built a kitchen in the garage. Wow. In like 20 minutes. It's crazy. And then they just were like, all right, here's bar stuff. We're you know, you get your dolly, you wheel it to the backyard, set up a bar. And I've like never done this before. And I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. And they're like, these are the signature cocktails. This is this. Set it up however you think fits. Here's 12 new wines that oh my you've God. never heard of. And I was like, what did I get into? Um, but then it was like so easy because it basically is a wedding reception. They had a drink themed to the bride, a drink themed to the groom. Mm. Most people ordered that because it was on the fucking sign. Yeah. There were some French people there, and that's why we had expensive wines. And they were like, oh, well, you know that it really should be at 67 degrees. This is rather warm. And I'm like, well, we're in a backyard. Yeah. So it's either going to be 101 degrees or it's going to be 30 degrees in the ice bath. Like, I don't have, sorry, Jacques. Like, I don't have. What a shitty thing to say, too, when you're at someone else's wedding, you know, in another country. You know, it's like kind of like, go, go fuck yourself. Yeah, just I drink, know. And I was like, he's like, oh, this is rather warm for these, these whatever. And I was like, thankfully, my coworker was like, handled it. He was like, well, you know, man, like, we're in a backyard. It's either. <laughs> air temperature or it's in a nice bath i don't really you know i don't really have a lot of control over it um yeah. the french were really frenching and also they <laughs> pronounced all the wines correctly and so i had no idea what they were saying because of course the way they say it doesn't sound like the name on right. the label <laughs> um but um dude it was really easy i so i basically it was like busy like i just people came i made the drinks they're like uh yes i would like the um i'd like the greyhound okay mm. and for you sir mm. Like, I just basically did that, and, like, yeah. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, like, my bar where I'm running around crazy. This was, right. like, I just, I basically made five different drinks for seven hours. What's what's funny is that, like, I actually interact with, with your people all the time because yeah. I go to trade shows. Yeah. That's what they do at trade shows. Like, every, they have a bar set up. Usually, I got, like, three or four of them. Yeah. And then there's, like, the cater waiters come in, and they you'll have, like... Like a couple different, like like maybe five total mixed drinks that yep. they do. There's like a little menu, and then here's the beer they have, here's the wine they have. It's like, what do, what would you like? You know? Yeah, and, and it was yeah. so easy. And yeah. I was like, they pay twenty dollars an hour plus tip. Nice. And they don't auto grat the client, which mm. is unusual for catering. They leave it up to the client what mm. they want to tip. Um, and we aren't allowed to leave a tip jar out. But like people would ask, and my coworker was like, we're not allowed to put one out. So if you want to just toss that like over the bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, so I was like thinking I wasn't going to make that much money. Right. Um, but then at the end of the night, they were, they gave me a hundred bucks. Plus I had like 31 bucks cash oh, nice. from nice. people throwing money over the bar. And then my, the owner was like, Hey, I've got 50 more bucks cash waiting for you at the office. So I was like, okay, so I made $182 so that's awesome. cash plus $20 an hour for like a seven hour gig. Yeah. And like setting up and breaking down wasn't bad. Everyone was like really nice and dressed up fancy and looked nice. And like, yeah. And like the thing is if I hated it, 
I, I don't have to go back there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I have another event coming up at the Children's Museum. And, like, if I hate it, I'm never going to be there again. So it doesn't matter. It's just, like, <laughs> right. and I was, like, this is, like, not bad. And I just, like, and for you, sir? Yeah. Absolutely. Miss, what can I get for you? <laughs> okay. Like, I was, like, this is really, yeah. this cater waiter thing is not bad. You just got to, you know, I, like, did my hair nice and, like, you know, looked professional. And I was, like, what's this? I can... If I can learn how to serve from the left and bus from the right and, you know, <laughs> like do full cater service, I was like, I do not mind this like one bit. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just especially working events. People are dressed up. They're nice. They're having a fun time. It's an open bar. I've And I, I've often wondered like how they make the food because I mean, again, I go to these trade shows. They're in all kinds of different a lot, a lot of times hotels, but sometimes just random weird places. And they'll bring in like this hot buffet line and it's like really good food sometimes you're just like wow where, where did where did this come from that's why yeah, yeah i have like you know, literally like, no idea yeah my first restaurant was at a hotel and we did events but obviously it was just the hotel kitchen and then we yeah. put it on starnos i didn't know like they have portable ovens stoves like wow. everything yeah. and so then they have like the cooler racks where everything's prepped but they cook it to order on site and there was like a section where the speeches went long and they're like the fries were supposed to go out with like the steak or whatever. And they're like, the fries are cold. The speeches are too long. Mm, like, yeah. it's all right. We got backup, make new fries. Like it was kind of, cause otherwise yeah. if the speeches had gone long and the food was prepped in advance. Like it would have been shitty. Right. But this way they're able to be like, okay, nope, just refire, start over, like whatever. Um, but yeah, I was, I'm, I'm not mad at, at cater waitering. I'm, this might be like my new thing. Pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so that's that. Um, we recorded for what two thousand hours? I think two thousand. Two thousand yeah, hours. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what the people wanted. It's what they, they demand. Tune, they tune in to sex, drugs, and spirituality to hear me talk about my clinical depression. Yeah. Um, and me talk about my grandpa. Yeah. Well, dude, yeah. your grandpa's a legend, though. Gee, he great. really is. Yeah. Uh, I was going to give his full name. I won't. We'll leave him a man of mystery. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, he's Terenzio Giannone. <laughs> <laughs> Terenzio Giannone. Yeah, if you can spell it enough to fucking Google yeah. it. He goes by Ted. <laughs> Ted is uh, being... Mo- Ted doesn't know this yet, but this is his uh, last month in Arizona. He's Where's he's he being going? moved to an assisted living facility in California. Oh, Again, does not know that. <laughs> oh, he, how's he going to handle it? Well, he uh, he's pretty excited about going to California to visit his son uh, mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. He just ain't coming back. Is <laughs> Yeah, someone's gonna fly him out there. Okay. It's uh, it was gonna be me, but I, I have too much travel in November, so I, I can't. Uh, yeah. So it's probably gonna be like one of his, like in home caretakers here, we'll or my, my uncle him. might just fly out here, grab and fly back, you know. And then he'll be at a assisted living home by your uncle. It is right next to my uncle's house. It's nice. he can literally walk to it. So I think it's gonna be good for him. The old man keeps falling down. It's no yeah. good. He can't. And he, he can't be because he's for those who don't know. <laughs> Uh, he's 101 years old and he's been living independently. Yeah, he lives in his own house. Yeah. yeah. We actually just took his car away. I have it because he kept, we found out he kept sneaking out and yeah. using it. He was saying like, well, the only reason I need it is because like, because uh, he has a woman that's like there with him during the day. Yeah. But only during the day, you know, and she does stuff like get groceries and stuff for him. And he's like, well, you know, so she can, she takes my car so she doesn't have to use her gas or whatever, you know, which is stupid because he pays her anyway. Yeah. So, um, 
but we found out that because um, some of his neighbors like told me uh, and also told my uncle like yeah he's been out like we've seen him driving like he he yeah. goes out driving and the guy he should not be driving he can barely see so yeah. we're we chastised him and we're like you know no more car we're taking your car away so so oh man that's gonna be one heck of a surprise to find out he's because he's not yeah. gonna like that he's not gonna like it at all yeah, yeah. he's fiercely uh, independent but uh you know the guy did well for himself god bless him he's had a hell of a life yeah so and if uncle terry needs someone to be there for him while he deals yeah. with this, <laughs> well <laughs> i'm available um, for those of you who don't know sydney has a crush on my uncle terry uncle terry, <laughs> uncle terry looks like michael mcdonald he does and we know <laughs> that i have a type um yeah he's he's also a professor too so i know you which know. is also my type i love some academic ding dong um fucking love it and um if, he's, a, he's a funny guy you know if god forbid anything happened to aunt patty i would be there for believe him. me I, if anyone's gonna die first it'll definitely be michael terry yeah <laughs> like, I mean, he's, he's a cigar smoker whiskey wine guy he's a wine guy big right? wine guy and a, a whiskey guy and he's just more stressful he's, yeah he, he patty has no stress in her life she just kind of breezes Coast. through breezes through the life she's a very california lady. she's a california yeah. girl yeah yeah just everything's fine what are you worried about yeah. <laughs> well i like to just put it out there just like my friend her my friend sarah's dad is like the cutest i love her dad and i'm always like listen god forbid something happens to mom <laughs> like i will be there for david i will be there i bet for him because yeah. her dad is the cutest and he kind of her dad, to be honest, because I have a picture from when I was with Zach of Frank, Zach, and then Sarah's dad, and they all look the exact same. Like I can't, <laughs> it's just like kind of black hair with some salt and pepper, like a little little bit of wrinkles. And I'm like, yeah, I think I have a, t- I think I have a type. <laughs> you definitely do. <laughs> yeah, I like them, like them a little snow on the mountaintops. You would have a lot of competition though with if, if my aunt Patty died because. Uh, Uncle Terry was telling me just last weekend, he's like... The students? These girls. He's like, because he teaches under undergraduates, yeah. you know, and he's like, they don't, he's like, they, they don't wear clothes. Like, they're not, he's yeah. like, they're just, he goes, I don't even know how to describe, he's like, I grew up in the, he's like, I went to college in the 60s. He went to UCLA Yeah, in the there 60s. were girls wearing halter tops with no bras. Yeah, so he, that was his, he goes, the big thing back when I was in college is like, the girls didn't wear bras. He's like, but these girls, they don't wear clothes. He's yeah, like, they're, not they're like half naked. And it's actually like... I mean, on the one hand, you know, he, he jokes about liking it, but he legitimately doesn't like it because it's actually very distracting. He's like, yeah. I'm trying to teach a class and there's like tits in my face, you know, yeah. and it's just not, it, it goes back to the, that generation. Like, what are we doing anymore? You know, it, well, it's, there was recently in Arizona, a school district had a meeting about banning crop tops mm. and this dad went to the school board meeting and when it was his turn to come up to speak, he was talking about how distracting it was and this and that. And then he stripped off his clothes <laughs> and he was wearing hot pants and like a little crop top. And he's like, how, how focused are you now? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And everyone made fun of him and were like, this guy's like so uptight and he's trying to make a point. But, you know, he's distracting because he's a middle-aged man. But, like, these girls are just whatever. Like, all I read all the comments because I was like... Yeah. I was like, yeah, this, number one, I love a little bit of theatrics. Good for this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this was his time to shine. This, like, pudgy <laughs> right. middle-aged dad. But, um, 
But yeah, all of the comments seem to think it's like no big deal the way that girls dress to school. And I don't, I'm not to say like, and it sucks, like it's, I'm not to say like it's the onus is on girls to keep men from being perverts. But like, maybe the commenters don't see how kids actually dress. Because it's crazy. And I I work at a bar. And like, so 21 year olds will literally wear like a lace bustier where the only thing covered is their nipples with like low rise jeans. Like it's crazy. Or they'll wear like hot pants that are up their asshole and like lingerie garters and like a tube top. Like it's crazy how little clothes they wear. It's wild, man. And like, I get it. You're 21. You're at a bar. That's fine. But mm. I have seen 17 year olds dressed like that walking to and from high schools. Like, yeah. And there's got, you have to draw a line somewhere. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's like, you know, like you said, it's not uh, anyone's responsibility to, you know, whatever, keep men at bay. Like, we all should behave as civilized people. But also, biology is a thing. I it's mean, a, yeah. A teenage boy. Really, any man is, is going to biologically respond to that in a way that is probably going to make both of you uncomfortable. You know what I mean? You're because he's going to be like, God, I can't stop looking, and she's going to be like, Why is that guy looking at me? It's like, well, because nature. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. nature. And also, like, they are minors, right? Yeah. So if those girls had sex with an older man, it's statutory rape because they are below the age of consent, which is saying that they are not adult enough to understand their sexuality. Right. And so if they are minors who legally are not adult enough to understand their sexuality, they don't know what they're doing is sexual. Yeah. They think they're being cute or whatever, like the girls they see on Instagram, or Mm. I saw Kim Kardashian wear this, isn't this cute? They don't know that they are sexually sexualizing themselves. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like we need to have it so they test and if you raise your arm, your midriff, your shirt can't rise up for your midriff mm-hmm. to show, which mm-hmm. is a rule at my Pilates studio and I'm going to get fired. That's wild. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. But, um, uh, but like, yeah, I'm not saying that, but I'm, there has to, you have to draw a line somewhere that you can't have your asshole or your nipples out. Yeah. Just like growing up, our school was, you can't. It was the age of like bagging, so like guys' boxers couldn't show. Yeah. If you were caught with your boxer showing, you were sent to the principal's office. Oh yeah, I remember. Like, yeah. And it just it is what it is. Where it's like, listen, I'm not trying to be a prude. I'm not trying to be a square, but like, just like you can't fucking. I wait tables. My hair has to be tied back. Yeah. Like, I you can't have your asshole hanging out while you're learning algebra. Like, just put put your yeah. asshole away. <laughs> It's yeah. fine. You know what I mean? When the bell yeah. rings, whip the whip your asshole out. No one cares. Get on your OnlyFans. I just feel like it's also kind of a it's like a respect thing. I mean, so my uncle wears a uh, jacket and tie mm-hmm. every day to teach his class. He doesn't have to. There's yeah. not a dress code for teachers that says you have to. You know, most of the teachers dress kind of shitty. You know yeah. what I mean? They wear, like, whatever they want to wear, you know. But he's, like, he was a lawyer for years before he started teaching college. And he's, like, well, you know, these are... I'm teaching like business ethics is what he teaches. And oh like, yeah, yeah, so you want to dress the part? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he, you know, he takes everything he does very seriously. Um, mm-hmm. Even though he does have a great sense of humor and he, he's funny, but 
you know, it's just like, well, you're going to show up and, and be like half naked. I mean, even if you were a guy and you showed up in like a swimsuit, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be weird. And, 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 and like, that yeah. is a good one. If a guy showed up in his swim trunks, yeah. you'd be like, can you put a shirt on? Yeah, like this is like a class on business ethics, you know what well, I mean? Like just, I know. never, before <clears throat> I was a Pilates teacher, I never wore workout leggings. Mm-hmm. I wore baggy sweatpants and I wore my Walmart Hanes cotton sports bras because I didn't care. Like I was clean. I was showered. I mm. looked fine. But like now, because I'm teaching, I wear. I had to buy a whole new wardrobe because I I have to look the part if I want people to respect me, and if I'm demoing, they need to be able to see my body. Like yeah. it just it is what it is. Even if I don't like it, it is part of the role that I'm playing. And so like if you're in a place of learning, you should be dressed a little bit more like not professional, but you know what I mean because you're not there you're not there to pick up and flirt and like get laid. The girls who wear their lingerie to McKenzie's, they're there to get fucking fucked. Yeah. Um, or to get attention or to get attention or get free drinks. Cause yeah. dudes mm. want to fuck them or whatever. But like, you're not at school to get fucked. You're there to uh, ostensibly you're there to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a person in the world. So I know that whatever sort of education is happening, it's not taking. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, our education system works about as well as a cold iron. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but ostensibly, yeah, you are there to learn. So, um, you know, but yeah, the ladies, they don't wear clothes. Yeah. I mean, basically what all this, when I was talking to him last week about this and I said, you know, I really appreciate you telling me this because I was thinking about going back to school and now I definitely am. Yeah, I, see, I want, it's inspirational. I, I want to see all the half-naked... Uh, you know, I don't see these women because, one, I work in an office and that's mostly men, and then I don't go out anymore. Like, I'm... I went to bed at 8 o'clock on Friday yeah. night. So, I mean, it's like... So, I never... Like, it's rare that I see a young person. I'm not anywhere near a college here or in this neighborhood. So, it's interesting you know, to even hear this stuff. Cause I'm like, is this what's going on right now? Like well, I, I, most I college know. kids are fat now. Like mm. they're mostly fat and non-binary. Like they're not as hot as they used to be, but uh. we have a local for profit Christian university, uh. um, GCU. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And their students are fucking hot. I don't know if it's because <laughs> they're from wealthy backgrounds, you know, rich kids are yeah. hot. They just are. Yeah. They are, and listen, there's reasons behind this. Part of it is when you grow up affluent without food insecurity, your grenulin, which is your hormone that indicates satiety, like, it works better. Hmm. So, um, generally, if you grow up wealthy, you're less fat. Hmm. When you grow up poor and food insecure, you don't have the same grenulin response when you consume calories, which means that you don't feel full and you eat more. But I digress. So, these rich fucking Christian kids are fucking hot. Wow. I don't want to say it, but they are. A couple weeks ago, I went to get my fake tan, and right when I pulled in the parking lot, a clown car full of the hottest bitches you've ever seen gets <laughs> up. They're just and they look like young little California girls. They're yeah. tan. They've got blonde hair. Just fucking gorgeous. And um, I go in, and they set me up with my spray tan room, and of course, my machine malfunctions halfway through. So I've got like one coat. It's <laughs> funny. Just on the front. And so I, and I'm fully nude and I'm wearing a hairnet. So like I go to go tell them and I just put on, I had like my overshirt was like a denim Oxford uh-huh. and then I had sweatpants. So then I walk out, I throw all my other clothes in my backpack and I go out in the lobby and I'm wearing my denim Oxford and sweatpants with <laughs> bare feet and a hairnet. 
And um, I'm only tan on the front side of my body. <laughs> and uh, I tell them, you know, my, sh- my machine's broken. Can you set me up, up in another room? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a couple minutes. Sorry, there's someone in there. As soon as they're out, you can go in this room. I'm like, excellent. And I'm just waiting in the lobby and waiting in the lobby. Oh, and then my I God. see one of the, because the gr- these girls are young. They're waiting for the actual tanning bed because they don't care about wrinkles. They're beautiful. Right. And they're mm. 20. And then I see one of them look down my shirt and like make a face as she looks up. And I realized I'd only buttoned one button on my Oxford and I didn't have a bra on. It was in my backpack. So you could see that my tits are saggy and see what gravity does. And I was like, wow, she just like, not only is this like embarrassing that I'm in a hairnet and like bare feet and whatever, but I'm also next to these fucking babes they look like they go to sweet valley high and um and then and then the fact that i didn't even fully button my shirt and they just saw my droopy tits i was like i feel like i taught them a lot about like the the dangers of aging and gravity her face her face her expression was probably that of just the fact that you only had one button that i that it probably wasn't even that my tits are saggy it's just that you could see my tits yeah um but then like it was awkward because like it kept they were like sorry i don't know what's happening that I don't know. It's you're you're next. I don't know. I don't know if that machine's taking. Mm. I'm just like, no. I just go listen. I'm just really enjoying what is the proudest moment of my life. <laughs> and we all had a good laugh together because I've never looked like the only way it could be worse is if I was wearing a hospital gown with my ass hanging out. Like that's the only way it yeah. could have been more <laughs> like dehumanizing. Um, so yeah, if you want to go back to college, it's going to be expensive, but you should go to GCU because those kids are. Hot. It's a, uh, you know, it's pretty close by here too. So yeah, I, it's yeah, nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I get that job where I don't have to travel anymore, yeah, my plan is maybe take a couple night classes. There you, know. you go. And did the hot kids go to night class? They probably don't. They do the daytime class probably. No, they so. might go to night classes because they're t- they they party all night, so they're not going to morning classes. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, you guys, thanks for listening to Scott and I catch up. It's been a um, pleasure. Yeah, we're just going to change this podcast to catching up with Scott. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Thanks so much for having me on, for continuing to allow me to be a, a guest on this show. Someone's got to make really me record it. this podcast that yeah. I don't do. I'm happy to be the, the whip to your post. Yeah, um, hey, if anyone has a guest house um, mm. anywhere in Florida, really, but preferably central Florida... And you want to rent it to your favorite podcaster. (laughs) I do pay rent on time, usually early. Um, I do know how to make money. That's like the one thing I know how to do. I don't know how to build a career or save money (laughs) or maintain a relationship. But you can bartend really well, though. I bartend the fuck out of things. And I teach the fuck out of Pilates. Like, I know how to make money. And I will pay it to you in rent. Um... And um, you'll get the pleasure of having Stephen B. Fruit on property, which everybody Ooh. loves. Everybody. How could you not love him? He's, you know, a tiny miracle. 3.82 pounds. Can you believe it? <laughs> he's like hamster size. I man. know. I like literally, because that was his weight at the vet this week. And I was like, my weight fluctuates more than that. Like the week <laughs> I get my period, I'm like seven or eight pounds heavier than I was the week before. Like that's how bloated I am. Oh my God. And I'm like, I get two Stevens worth of bloat when I get my period. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of spectacular how tiny he is. So anyways, um, you guys, happy hump day. Happy hump day. Woo. Woo. <laughs>